are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Guys, Smith.ai is doing did 1.5 million revenue last month, over 20 million run rate. That's more than doubled from a year ago. They've got 600 folks on the team. Uh, and what they're doing is they're helping folks do you know work with customers much better in a more efficient way, whether it's voice, inbound chat, inbound messages. They're using AI to power this. But unlike most AI companies, they have real revenue. Again, voice, web chat, outbound SDR as a service, launched back and caught 2015, 2016 after Aaron sold his first company, Red Beacon, to Home Depot, then stayed at Home Depot through 2015. Hey, folks, my guest today is Aaron Lee. He's the co-founder and CEO of Smith.ai and former CTO of Depot. His former company, Red Beacon, won the TechCrunch 50 startup competition in 2009. He's one of the funding uh, founding engineers sorry, at Google Video and holds a PhD in computer science from Princeton University, now building Smith.ai, which is human-centered AI customer engagement. Aaron, you ready to take us to the top? Yep, absolutely. Excited to be here. <laughs> Happy to tell you more about Smith.ai and uh, some of the uh, excitement in the AI development on uh, customer engagement. We love that. What years were you with Google Video? Uh, it was in uh, 2004, very early on, I joined Google. And back then, Google had web search, image search, but video was a new thing. So uh, I built a team with my uh, another engineer. And before we know it, it's a team of like 100 people. And that was 2004 to what year did you leave? Uh, 2008. Wow. I left 2008. Yeah. When I joined, like Google had 2,000 employees. When I left, it was 20,000, like 10x. Wow. Okay. So, um, so that's, do you go right into Red Beacon in 2008? Yeah. So I left in 2008 exactly on the month of the financial crisis <laughs> and, uh, started with like the other two ex-Googlers and, um, we thought, wow, I mean, that's a good time to build company. And, uh, and that's how we started Red Beacon. Interesting. So, so what happened with Red Beacon? You sell it, you shut it down. You, what did you do with it? Yeah, so we spent a year has done building the company. And uh, back then, you have to remember, like, there were no funding at all. We said, great, we're going to bootstrap the company. We're going to build the product, has done. And uh, by the time we launched in TechCrunch and took the top prize in 2009, like, uh, we start, like, we actually got the funding within, like, less than a month from uh, Ramrock and uh, Mayfield. How much did you raise? Seven and a half. And what valuation? Uh, I actually don't remember. I think okay. it was about like, yeah, probably close to uh, 30. Yeah. Okay. And then and, what uh, happened after? And we just took the money expanding to nationwide and, uh, Rapican was a platform to connect the homeowners with, uh, home improvement professionals. And, uh, when we start expanding the platform to nationwide, uh, we got the notice of Home Depot and turns out Home Depot has been thinking about it for uh, quite a while because they actually have two sides marketplace, the pros, like the contractors and the homeowners. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, what size did you grow Red Beacon do before you decided to exit in terms of revenue? We're talking like a million, 10 million, something in between. Yeah, I think it was some somewhere like 10 plus uh, okay. around the time. But, um, but I think the biggest opportunity is like Home Depot has all the ingredients. They have the distribution channels, 2000 stores. They have the two side marketplace, homeowners and the pros. 
And they're also very excited to get into the like building that connection between the homeowners. So if you go to any of the Home Depot store today, you will see my work there. I think they rebranded as like pro referral. That's very cool. What did you guys, I mean, you're, it sounds like you're building something at Red Beacon. It's doing well. You have more than 10 million in revenue. What did you like about the Home Depot offer? Why did you guys accept? I think like when we accepted the offer, like we were looking at how do we expand it to even faster to, to even like adoption, right? We could raise money. But on the other hand, when we raise the money, we only got the money. We don't get the network effect. We don't get the distribution channels. Home Depot actually provide all of the above. And we got like very significant support from the uh, then CEO of Frank Blake. And mm-hmm. uh, he was our biggest sponsor. He saw the opportunity to expand from like products, which is like selling the stuff on the shelf to services. And, and are you able to share a range of like what multiple you guys sold for? Uh, I actually don't remember. Yeah. Okay. What was yeah. it an amount that you mentioned the, the valuation on the raise was 30 million ish valuation? Did you sell for more than your valuation so that everyone made money or was it more like, oh, wait, wait, no. like the investors are very happy. Uh, all the employees are very happy. Yeah. Okay. And okay. Just raise one round and okay. yeah. A lot of times when a company like Home Depot buys a startup like yours, there'll be a portion of the deal that is cash up front, a portion that is stock options and a portion that's an earnout. How did you think about your deal? Yeah, I think we, we, we definitely got at the heavy size on the, um, on the cash side. And then there's a bunch of like earn outs so that we, they could retain the talents and the team. And also one of the biggest reasons why we got excited is they actually want us to make it really big. Like if you look at Home Depot on the services segment side, now they're multi-billion dollar business. So they mm-hmm. already have that significant like interest and incentive to make it really a big business. I see. So Aaron, is it fair to say more than 90% of the total, total deal price was upfront cash? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And then, okay. So they buy you. Um, how long do you stay at Home Depot? I actually stay, uh, we got acquired in early 2012 and I stayed till, uh, 2015, like almost three years. And that was really the time it took to like take our idea and our model and our platform and expand it expanded to nationwide and that was when uh what i just tell you a little bit about the home depot terminology like they call this like a improvement professional the pros and uh, they think about it as more like these are the pro community because that what they need is a little bit different than the homeowners so you need to build a platform to connect these two sides of the marketplace and that was when we when i was seeing a lot of challenges from the pros that they just don't have the time and the money and the know-how on dealing with like customers. If it's going so well, why'd you leave? Uh, it was part of the thing that like, uh, you need to remember. So I, I work in, uh, Google from 2000 people to 20,000 people. When I was at Home Depot, the size of the company was 400,000 people. It was just very, very big. Like it really comes with like the distribution channels, the customer base, but at the same time, it takes a little bit longer to get the new ideas. So one of the reasons why I started Smith AI was the fact that the pain point for the SMB, which US has about 30 millions of them, is they don't have the time and the money to build up their own team. And as a matter of fact, they even approach me and say, hey, Home Depot had huge call centers. Can you guys handle my customer calls and text and SMS and Facebook messengers? And of course, home people couldn't do it because the call center was built for the corporate use and not built for their their kind of like the pros. 
And that was really the, the genesis of the idea that came from. It's like, how can we build something that served this very large underserved community? So Smith AI was launched in 2015 or 2016? It was like we hatched the idea in uh, 2015 with my co-founder, Justin Maxwell. And uh, he was at Google. And I said, like, I have this amazing idea. Like, come join me. Like, uh, we both are very passionate about SMB. And uh, I think we launched towards the end of 2015 with like just a few beta customers. The full launch was in 2016. Okay. And did you guys just split equity at the start 50-50 or did you get more because it was your idea? Uh, I think we got more, not because I think we, we have a similar idea. It was just like we bootstrapped the company. So, uh, in the first few years, we actually didn't take any salaries. Like, like all the entrepreneurs out there, we put in our own from money. What, from what years? 2015 to what year? You did not take a salary. I, we, it lasts for three years, I think to 2000, probably 18. Interesting. And can I ask how much of your own money you put in the business at risk? Oh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, not small amount. It's significant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So, so let's, before we get the full story of Smith, I want to take a snapshot of where it is today. Can you give us a customer story? Someone paying for Smith today? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> if you are running a small medium business and you have no time to hire people, you have no money to afford a full time, like front desk receptionist, and you also don't have the technological know-how on blending between AI and agents. That is when we come to help. So they will sign up on a website. We say, okay, Nathan, how many calls or how many chats are you getting per day or per month? Let's say, oh, maybe you're getting like 20 calls per day. That would be like uh, 600 calls per month. And then we get you a package and say every month you pay a monthly subscription amount. If you go over that, then you pay for the overage. If not, then that is the amount that you need to commit to. It's very, uh, I, I would call it a vanilla SaaS model, plus kind of the uh, the usage consumption if you uh, go over the quota. I see. So, so all in, what does the average customer pay you per month to use the technology? Yeah, so it's around, like, uh, I would say close to $1,000 like okay. on average. Like, of course, we have, like, a smaller business that pay a few hundred dollars. We have bigger businesses that pay, like, close to $10,000 per month. So is your largest customer right now like a $200,000 a year contract? Uh, I don't remember the largest one, but we have different kinds of services. So we actually have three things. We have the voice inbound. We have the uh, web chat, SMS, and Facebook. We also have an outbound SDR as a service. So people tend to play uh, a mix of these services right, when they start using us because they want us to be the one-stop shop to handle inbound, outbound, omni-channel 24-7. Yeah, you mentioned services. So, is your gross margin above eighty percent or seventy five percent or no? Uh, actually, we we we're we're not that, at that like level yet because one of the part that we are blending between AI and the human is the human cost is significant. So I would say our gross margin is sixty percent plus. That's a six zero percent. Yeah, that's not terrible. Um, it's, it's actually, if you look at all the tech enabled business, sixty uh, percent is actually pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Um, got it. Okay. And how many customers are you serving today total? We have thousands, like thousands. close to thousands. Yeah. Close to what thousand? Three. Three thousand. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And how many do you think you can get to by the end of the year? Oh, I think we can actually get to about like if we are lucky, we probably can get to five to six thousands. Interesting. So if three thousand customers at a thousand a month, I mean you guys are doing like three hundred grand a month in revenue right now. Uh actually more than that. Uh is 
let let me see. We are doing. I think like a few months ago, we crossed twenty million dollar annual run rate. Oh, you're doing way. I'm missing something because you're doing way more. Yeah, but like the a thousand is actually close to like it's a blending between different services. So like we have, let's say the Alban one, uh, people are paying like thousands of dollars because they're using us as more like a uh, SDR as a service team. For the chat, it's a lower one because like uh, the ASP is actually lower. Yeah. So, if- but sorry, just to be clear, like last month in June, you're saying you did more than 1.5 million in revenue. That puts you more than a 20 million run rate. That's right. Oh wow. Okay. So if you did 1.5 million last month, what were you doing exactly a year ago? Do you remember? I think it was about half of it. Okay. So what drove all the growth? Expanding into current accounts, feature upsells, etc., or brand new accounts altogether? I think most of them are actually uh, like. Uh, Going from like one service to another service, like cross selling. Yep. Another one is like we're actually a- adding more kind of features, so people actually paying more the upsell, and also we're attracting businesses that are more mature, like meaning they actually have higher call volume, higher chat volume, and on top of that, uh, the outbound services we started about a year ago is where people say, hey. You know, not only do I want you guys to answer the inbound call, I also want you guys to make the outbound calls. And that is like, I call it the sales and marketing side of things. Mm-hmm. And so so how many, are those full-time employees at Smith? How many full-time SDRs do you have at Smith? So uh, the team that we, we have, we have about total, I would say their headquarter plus agents, about more than 600 people. Okay. So the whole company is 600 full-time employees today? Yeah. Okay, and guess how many of those are SDRs that you will sell at some 60% margin? Yeah, so we actually have a mix. So we have a team, like we call like kind of the, I call the universal agent, where they can handle inbound or outbound depending on the time of the day and the day of the week, right? Because sometimes you have more outbound than inbound. Sometimes you have more inbound than outbound. Interesting. What's the geographic breakdown of the 600? They're all in uh, North America. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, interesting. Um, how many of them are engineers? Um, so we have about 25 engineers. Wild. Okay, very interesting story. What about how, you, how have you capitalized the business? So if you think about our model, right? So we, it's a network effect. That means the more people who use the service, the lower the cost that we're going to be. So that's, yep. number, that's how you capitalize. Number two is really AI, right? If you look at like AI in the past, I would say before the chat GPT, we're using AI for like transcriptions. We're using AI to do like real time language, like Spanish to English. We're using AI to do some of, I call the behind the scenes <coughs> like back end processing. Now with the chat GPT, we can actually do kind of like more front end. We can have an AI voice bot to talk to you that can collect your name, your email, your phone number. We can actually have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. And the outcome of the conversation is we have the entire call flow. We know where your customers are calling you from the time of the day, the day of the week, where did they call you from and what they're calling about. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the calls and the chats today, chat GPT, they're using all the public data, public information, but there's so much information that is not public. Like yeah. all the calls and the chats for the company and the, for the businesses, they're not. So we have all the advantages. So you have a unique training set. You're arguing that your moat is that you have a unique training set that the other rest of the world doesn't have. Exactly. And on top of that, if you look at all the generative AI, they can afford to make mistakes. But for us, we can't, right? If the business is saying, hey, we charge like $50, like upfront kind of like reservation fee, 
and other business, they charge nothing. We have to tell the exact right answer every time. We cannot make up an answer. I think that is where the AI becomes a little bit challenging because of the accuracy, like AI hallucination, latency, right? If you look at ChatGPT, sometimes it takes three to four seconds. Yeah. Wants to come back. So just to be clear on capitalization, have you raised equity to date? And if so, how much? Yes, we did. We did. I think together, like we raised like with us, angel investors and uh, the safe note, I think I was close to 13, one, three. Yeah. Okay. And what was a safe note cap? Was it capped or uncapped? I think it was capped. Yeah. Okay. What did you like a 30 million cap, 20 million cap? Do you remember? Oh, it's much higher than that. I think it's, it's higher than that. Like it, it was like close to more like a hundred. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's really rare, but you were able to get that because you're a, a repetitive entrepreneur. You have a track record, but that a hundred million cap on a, on a safe, that was a convertible note, right? Uh, I think with multiple convertible notes, the, the one earlier in the years were like, I was talking about the most recent one, but the early ones was much lower. But I think the two things that people really like, one is like, this is my second time. So people like yep. this is thing for like kind of like repeat founders number two we actually have very significant revenue traction if you look at all the ai companies today they have a nice i call the ui wrapper on top of ai or chat gpt but the revenue is very lacking yeah right? it's unproven well you're, so, you've bet on aaron you've bet on yourself though too right i mean if you've raised seven million on on notes and you've raised 13 today you guys put in six million yourself before the notes is that accurate um, no, no, no. When I talk about the 7 million, uh, that was in the first, my first company, my first startup. I'm talking about Smith AI. We raised a total of 13. Yeah. 7 million was a seed round in 2019, correct? Right. At a hundred, right. at a hundred million dollar cap. Um, no, that was a much smaller cap. I don't remember the exact cap, but oh. that was, a that was like way early. I see. Yeah, I see. Yeah. So, so, so most people in a seed round are selling 15, 20% of the company. Were you sort of in that same range in terms of the conversion? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So that would be like a 20 million cap or something like that. And is what you're saying is you left that note open, you quote, let it roll and you raise an additional 6 million on that over the past three, four years. Yeah. We, uh, we kind of like opened a new note because of the, uh, the revenue traction. So it wasn't like expanding the previous note. Like I think we have multiple safe notes and the I most was much closer to a hundred. And when did you do that last close? What year? I think it was like two years ago. Okay. So 20, 2021, you did the last close yeah. at hundred million. Okay. And that's when you were doing about, uh, what you're doing like four or 5 million in revenue at that point of time. Right. What year did you pass a million in revenue? Do you remember? Oh, that, that was so long ago. I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but my, I think in 20, yeah, I think I, I don't even remember, but my was, research, my research says you passed that in uh, 2018. 2018. Yeah. That, that could be right. That could be right. Because <laughs> Uh, the first year was always difficult, right? 2016, we stopped building the product, we're getting traction, kind of the MVP. Yep. And now the product is like fully built, like we're just like leveraging more and more AI. Yep. So are you guys profitable today? Or are you burning money each month? We, we're burning money. Yeah. How much? Oh, that I don't remember. But <laughs> oh, come on, you don't remember that, Aaron. That's the most I, important thing. Well, actually, the burn is like not that significant. That's why it wasn't at the top of my mind. Like a hundred, like, uh, under a hundred thousand dollars a month? Just a few hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. You say just a few hundred thousand. For a lot of people, that's a lot. But for you, because you're a scale, that might not be that much. I mean, so you guys have, it sounds like, more than five, 10 million in the bank, more than 24 that's months right. of runway? Yep. Okay, got it. So burning something like 300 grand a month, more than 10 million in the bank, you have runway. What's the next move? Product, hiring, acquisition? Yeah. I think right now, we're very much focused on sales and marketing because 
like people love the product. People say, wow, that works, right? I mean, it, it, as, it allows them to expand the business. But then when we look at like kind of the, the product side, we need more AI talents. We need to build up our, that kind of muscle because it is where you can take your growth margin to the next level. Yep. Sales marketing is another way that we can drive more growth. Yep. Very cool. Well, we're rooting for you. This is a great story. Let's wrap up with a famous five. Number one, favorite book. Um, I would say, uh, I'm just reading about the one, what was the name? Um, well, Crossing the Chasm is one that like is my favorite classic. Like it's just so, like it just stayed true for decades. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite books. It's a good one. Yeah. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, I am actually very impressed by Microsoft CEO, like, um, Satya Nadella. Number, uh, number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Smith? Favorite online tool? Um, you mean on the development side? Or development on, side. Um, well, we use GitHub. We use Notion. We use like ChatGPT. We use like um, Assembly AI. Yeah, so just there's really a lot of tools that we use. Number yeah. four, Aaron, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Oh, actually, I would say I do six to eight hours. That's great. In situation, married, single kids, I saw a ring on your finger. Yeah, married, uh, three kids, all girls. Yeah. That's awesome. And how old are you? Uh, me, I am uh, 40 plus. 40 plus. What's something you wish you knew back when you were 20? Oh, I wish <clears throat> I had a mentor that tells me about how to build companies. <laughs> Guys, Smith.ai is doing did 1.5 million revenue last month, over a 20 million run rate. That's more than doubled from a year ago. They've got 600 folks on the team, uh, and what they're doing is they're helping folks do you know work with customers much better in a more efficient way. Whether it's voice, inbound chat, inbound messages, they're using AI to power this. But unlike most AI companies, they have real revenue again, voice, web chat outbound SDR as a service launched back and caught 2015, 2016 after Aaron sold his first company, Red Beacon to Home Depot, then stayed at Home Depot through 2015. Aaron, thanks so much for taking us to the top. Thank you so much, Nathan.